This is the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative with your host, Ryan Zerfus. And now, here's Ryan. Hey, hey, guys, and welcome back to the Big Brand Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Zerfus, VP of Customer Success here at Blackwood Creative, a marketing and advertising agency in good old Mishawaka, Indiana. And today is really fun because while we might be in Mishawaka, our guest actually drove all the way here from Louisville. So I really appreciate that. Today, we have Zachary Conover from Louisville, Kentucky, driving all the way up to join us. So Zach, thanks for coming into the studio today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. How you doing, guys? Oh, yeah. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely really looking forward to this conversation. So um, Zach is joining us from Life Safety Services, um, where he is a digital marketing specialist. And uh, today we're going to dive into the topic of B2B marketing, which I am really excited about because that's m the world that I live in. You know, mm -hmm. we're we're a B2B marketing company as well. Our clients are other businesses. So uh, I feel like I'm going to learn a lot because <laughs> I'm relatively new to this environment and you've been in it a lot longer than I have. So um, so thanks for joining us. And and so before we get into all the good stuff of B2B marketing, um, I you had mentioned that you spent some time in Chicago, which Chicago is a really awesome city, um, obviously very well known. So uh, tell me a little bit about what life was like in Chicago and what kind of things you were a part of there. Yeah, Chicago was a, a great place to be. It's where I got my start in marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I I originally started working in startups, uh, a lot of digital startups, a lot of software as a service startups, mm -hmm. and um, that was really cool for a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I quickly figured out that when you're working for startups, you're you're not necessarily working just to grow a business. You're working to get that next round of funding. Mm. So. Um, a lot of times we would work really hard to get our first hundred users, first thousand users, grow a business from nothing, just from an idea, which was really cool to do. I sure, love doing yeah. that. I love helping business owners. It's an adventure. It is an adventure, exactly. Um, it's going into the unknown. But what sucks is that at the end of it, after you get the first hundred users, usually you get your first round of funding, and a lot of times venture capitalists step in with their own team. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of take over even marketing operations yeah and so a lot of times what they kind of keep is they just keep the owners hmm. and the founders or partners and that's about it and then the idea just goes from there so that's very interesting I'm, I'm yeah so I'm not accustomed to that world where that would happen so for you going into a position like that would you have had an inkling that that was the case going into the job no Okay. No, not not in the slightest. I mean, it, it you know everyone thinks of digital startups as like cool and sexy, and, uh -huh, and right. it's it's the the latest and greatest. It's the Facebooks of the world and Instagram, and it's it's not that way at all. And mm -hmm. and it's cool for for a little while until um until you get good at it until <laughs> until you start until you start gaining some some of your first users until you start really growing hmm. and then at that point it's just kind of shark feeding frenzy it's like who can yeah. get at this business that's growing hmm. and doing well um so it's cool to get there i'm glad i got there that's where i learned everything sure, that i know right. now um i wouldn't trade it for anything um but yeah it's def it was definitely a venture yeah you said it right yeah it's probably hard too like to 
even, you know, as a person, obviously you want to excel professionally and learn a lot, um, which it sounds like you did, Mm -hmm. but you also want to get to know people and Mm -hmm. have relationships and feel like you're a part of a team. So it's probably hard on that where there's sort of that turnover and probably less personable aspect to the business where it's like, well, I'm going to be let go because they're sort of done with me. (laughs) Right, right, exactly, exactly. But, you know, you can still keep in contact with a lot of those people and a lot of those people, um, you know, I still, I still keep up with on LinkedIn today. Mm-hmm. I still message back and forth on LinkedIn today. You know, I actually had a buddy just the other day. He, he called me up and he was like, can you talk to me how to do some LinkedIn marketing? Like mm-hmm. I, I know Instagram really well, but I need to get into LinkedIn for B2B stuff. Sure. And so, um, we chatted and it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What's, uh, what's one thing that you miss most about Chicago? I know that's a tough question. Public transportation. Ah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. Pre-COVID, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're in Louisville now. Does Louisville not have as great of a public transportation system? No. When we thought moving down to, you know, one of the biggest cities in Kentucky, it would have a p- great public transportation mm-hmm. system, but really it's just a bus. That's about all they have. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. So we drive everywhere, which isn't the worst thing in the world but in chicago everything was accessible <laughs> right right yeah. yeah chicago definitely has that going for it well well that's awesome uh like i said i mean chicago is such a cool place you know we're here in mishawaka we're just a couple hours away so mm-hmm. you know i grew up in this area and so chicago was always that like cool place to go like oh we're gonna you know go into the city for the weekend and you know as a kid obviously you went to like the all the museums and the shed aquarium and stuff right. like that. So you got a little bit different experience than I did <laughs> at the city. Um, so anyways, well, thanks for joining us today, um, Zach. And so you started to talk a little bit about B2B, you know, and so that's really what we brought you in for because you've been in that environment for a while now and you're still in that environment. Um, and so we wanted to just sort of pick your brain on, on, sort of what is B2B marketing? How does it work? Um, how do you do it well? Um, because I think for a lot of our audience, um, they are in that environment, mm-hmm. at least to some extent, maybe they're mixed with B2C. Um, but it's hard to figure out. I, I think B2C oftentimes has a little bit clearer picture of how to do it and what it means. Yeah. And I think sometimes people struggle with the B2B world of what does it mean to market yourself in the B2B environment? So that's why we're excited to have you. So I think that's a good place for us to start too is that B2B versus B2C mm-hmm. dynamic. How do you in your mind sort of differentiate those two? What 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 do those mean to you and, and how do you see them as being different? Yeah. So um Obviously, the basic way is B2B means business to business and B2C means business to consumer. I think a lot of people understand that. But I think a lot of people don't understand is usually the price tag. Mm-hmm. So a lot of consumers are more than willing to drop anything less than $100 on something online. Sure. Um, Amazon, you know, it's, yeah, a, it's oh, a yeah. big part of it, right? <laughs> we live in an Amazon world. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, but B2B is very much more long-term, very much not, uh, it's not the short-term. Yeah. You have to build a lot of equity, a lot of um, sure brand identity, yeah. and you have to really become a thought leader in whatever organization, whatever industry that you're mm-hmm. at. Um, so for B2B, in my mind, I think it's a lot harder because you're trying to not just get that one quick sale, you're trying to build a business right. that... Um, has to consistently find repeat customers, has to consistently try to find the next service yeah. going into it. Um, I think a good example 
is like um, something akin to like IT services, right? Um, right. So for a lot of it is like you're you're not just trying to get somebody to just fix your computer once. You're trying to find an IT partner to help you out throughout the course of the year, mm-hmm. right? Especially as like online work becomes even more popular, right? So in my opinion, I think with B2B marketing, we really need to focus and hone in on the long-term game rather than the short-term. Yeah. And I know it's tempting to think about the short-term. <laughs> Always. <laughs> but but really the long-term, and I think marketing plays a huge role in that. Okay. Yeah. What I One thing that you touched on that uh, it sort of stuck out to me is sort of that repeat idea in B2B mm-hmm. where um, maybe you could speak a little bit to uh, like the importance of really high quality um, services to where you're building loyalty even more so than maybe in a B2C environment just yeah. because in a B2C it's like you said it's usually higher volume lower ticket price yep so you are you are marketing more to the masses and there's less uh, there's less need for there to be loyalty between an indiv- individual person and your company and product whereas in a B2B environment, I mean, it's, it's gotta be very important to build that loyalty because yes, one, one or two clients that maybe drop off could be a huge difference. Absolutely detrimental. Yeah. The lifetime customer value is real. You know, a customer might, might only drop a thousand dollars a month with you, but if their lifetime customer values, you know, three years, mm-hmm. then you're talking, you know, $30,000 easy right. just from that one customer. And that, that becomes your vital cash flow. So, um, Building on top of that, repeat customers uh, coming back, even spreading the word, I think it's super valuable. Um, but it, but really, it's all about getting them first. It's all about mm-hmm. positioning yourself to to be found when somebody's looking for what you offer. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that there is always somebody out there looking for what you have to offer. It's about going with the flow, finding those people and being found by those people right? Um, so that you can come up as an option. Yeah. And the nice thing about that too is they come in warm or they're pre-qualified, yes. right? Because yep. if they are, you know, we talk about this here at Blackwood, like if they are already looking for you, they've already quali- qualified themselves as right. a potential client. Exactly. Um, you don't have to do the work of sort of figuring out like, are they interested or not? Is mm-hmm. this going to go somewhere? No, they've already decided like, I need your services. I'm looking for them. Right. Um, so that that makes the initial start of that relationship much easier. Um, so I appreciate that because I, I, I live that reality and sometimes <laughs> struggle through it. Like, like, you know, uh, find the people that want to go already go with you instead of fighting so much to just work through the masses. Exactly. Um, Some of the best um, businesses that really succeeded um, succeeded because. It was already going that way anyways. Mm-hmm. Amazon, e-commerce, it was already going that way. People were starting to shop online big. People were trying to find just books to buy. They didn't want to go to a bookstore to buy it. If they could buy any book they wanted to online, that was brilliant. Um, Amazon, you know, Bezos, he saw that, and he moved forward with it, saw the whole internet boom, and it's just like, I need to create a marketplace that people can buy any book that they want. Mm-hmm. Now it's obviously involved into what is now. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big proponent is capturing attention. There's already attention being given to what you have to offer. It's sure. just capture that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so tell me a little bit more about, um, from, from your perspective, what does someone, a marketer that's in the B2B world, 
what do they spend their time doing? What's, what sort of their day to day look like? What are the kind of activities they're going to fill their time with to be successful in B2B marketing? Yes. Um, I would, I would say, I would say, um, it's a whole slew of things really probably email marketing is one of the top ones. Um, having a maintaining and creating lots of blog posts, Mm -hmm. um, having lots of generating articles that are very helpful very helpful uh for your customer for your clientele whatever right. your target audience is yeah um and then capture those emails with subscriptions right yeah weekly newsletter monthly newsletter that's up to you um google ads is a big one it really is a big one and probably even bigger than that is seo i think a lot of a lot of what i do um in any b2b business is search engine optimization for sure. for a website and um for those of you who, who don't fully understand seo or sounds like magic because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it feels like magic sometimes um uh that's trying to get your website to rank for specific keywords in google sure and there's a certain way that you can set up your website or your web pages to rank for specific keywords right. in google yeah um and i think a lot of people don't don't take advantage of that, unfortunately. Right. Um, they have a website. It's sitting there, and they have they have like titles and words that they think sounds nice, but there's no research behind it. They never had an expert come in and look at their website. Yeah. Um, and tell them how they could optimize it. But your website could be your greatest lead traffic source. Yeah. It really could. It could bring in fifty percent of your leads, marketing qualified leads, which leads into sales qualified leads. Yeah. So that's when the salesperson will come in and they will verify and validate that that lead is legit. They're looking for your services, call them up. But like you said, they're warm at that point. Mm-hmm. They're already looking for what you have. You just capture their attention because you popped up on Google. Sure. Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about the importance. Like you listed a lot of things there. A lot of that is copy or content driven. Mm-hmm. So tell me about just a little bit of why you think that's so important. That why, why is delivering and pushing out so much content important in the mm. B2B environment? It's like having a Roth IRA, you know, it's, um, you're investing in your website, you're investing in your business online digitally. So with every piece of content that's related to any keyword. So for instance, if you're a uh, metal fabrication manufacturer, if you dominate the keyword metal fabrication or metal manufacturing, or if you have even more specific niches like steel or Mm -hmm. iron or or anything like that, um, then those keywords will help float you, your website to the top of the Google rankings. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very vital and very important because at that point, it's not a matter of, can I get this lead? It's a matter of this lead is choosing between me and, and a competitor. Because I guarantee somebody's going to Google something. They're going to choose somebody. Yep. Because they're already searching for you. They already have a need. Why not have you come up as an option? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't come up as an option. You know? And even now, like, millennials dominate the workforce, right? Um it's going to be pretty soon that Gen Z is going to come in too. And yep. millennials are going to be the majority of the managers in the workforce. They all go to Google. Google's their, their go-to, Hey, can you help me find a place that sells business cards? Google. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you help me find a place that helps me with advertising Google ads? Sure. 
Google. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And you need to pop up for those things. Otherwise you're losing out on quality leads. Yeah. Um, what about, because someone listening may wonder about how you strike a balance between those things that you're talking about, content creation, being a thought leader, SEO, and still respecting the, your audience's time. And, Mm. uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, creating noise is sort of the topic that I'm getting mm-hmm. at. Like if your goal is to push, push out a lot of content, how do you still do that? Well, without just pushing out content for content's sake to, or like with your mm-hmm. website, um, you know, there's sometimes the struggle of, well, I want to do well on SEO. Um, but they will sacrifice the user experience on their website for SEO. Mm. So how, from your perspective, how do you feel like people do, how do you balance that and do that well, where you're accomplishing your goals, but you're still making it, uh, the best experience possible for Mm -hmm. the, the user. Yeah. Think about your target audience. Think about that user. Um, put yourself in their shoes. If you're looking at a website and you think it sucks, it sucks. (laughs) There's, there's no other question about it. If you're looking at your own website and right now, I mean, if you if you bring up your company's website and you look at it and it looks like it's from the early 2000s or the 1990s. I've, I've seen some of those. Yes, <laughs> it's it's not a good website. And therefore, other people are going to look at it. They're going to think the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. If, they, if you read a piece of content and you read it and you're like, I didn't get any value out of this, then there's no value in that piece. And it, that's what you need to add. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. It does take time. It takes effort. It takes a dedicated person, dedicated team, depending on how big you want to grow. Sure. Uh, to target in on those specific keywords to create valuable content. So yeah. no, don't create content for content's sake. Do it right. Mm-hmm. But doing it right takes time. Yeah. Yeah. It does take a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it, it most likely be a, a refining process. You know, yeah. usually you have not arrived right off the bat. It, right. And, you know, it's always a learning and, and honing and refine, you know, with whether it's SEO content creation, Google ads kind of stuff, you're always sort of finagling and figuring out what's best and what's landing and what mm-hmm. are people, what are people actually receiving and hearing well. So, yeah, I think that's really great. So you, you started to touch a little bit about audience so mm-hmm. sort of from the outset for someone in b2b how do they start to determine who is my audience who am i trying because because that's sort of the i think a lot of times the hard thing you know in in the b2c world a lot of times you know people will think well my audience is everyone i want everyone to buy my services right. but a lot of times in the b2b world it's best as you as as much as you can be to be very clear with and narrowed with who your audience is so how do you start to speak or you know how do you start to figure out who that audience is so trying to figure out your target audience if you've been in business for a while shouldn't be hard there's usually your ceo your president your sales staff they all should know your target audience is because that's who they honed in on trying to start the business Mm -hmm. but a lot of times people don't look at that data they don't look and they don't see wow 70 percent of the customers that we sold to last year we're CFOs, mm. but we've been trying to target salespeople. We've been trying to target the senior sales rep of our organization, but yet the CFOs are the ones that sign off on our quotes. Mm-hmm. The CF1s are the ones that sign off on our proposals and hands us a check. So maybe we need to start targeting CFOs more yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's looking at past data 
that you've already accumulated, it, it, you just need to compile it and kind of look at it in a broad spectrum. Yeah. So that that's one way. Sure. Um, the other way, kind of future looking, is LinkedIn is a phenomenal tool. Um, you're able to target and segment based on job titles um, and even job titles based in industry. Mm-hmm. So if you think, oh, well, I just want anybody in the print and advertising industry to come and buy my product, or I want any but any dentist to come and buy my product. Well, maybe it's not any dentist. Maybe it's really the the office assistant that sits at the front that takes the order, and she's actually the person that's your advocator. She's mm-hmm. the one advocating on your behalf to buy your service, to buy your product, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're selling. Then she's the one you need to be talking to. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What. You need to know the age. You need to know uh, the the tone of voice, right? Uh, do they, if they're a salesman, usually they're more gruff and and they just want to <laughs> get straight to the point. And I'm sure you appreciate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but if if there's somebody that is maybe in HR, maybe they want to be wooed more than anything. Maybe they want to see see value in a video rather than just a hand forced in front of them saying, here's my product. Here's, yeah. here's the price. Yes or no. Yeah. Um, so it all depends. It's getting to know that target audience. Yeah. No. And I appreciate that. That's something, you know, I'm seven months into my job here and, uh, you know, in my role, it's something that I've had to figure out a lot about of not only who is our target audience as far as what kind of industry, what kind of company, but then also within those companies, who is the person that I primarily want to talk to? Mm. Um, and I wrestle sometimes, this is getting more into my personal side, but you know, it, I wrestle sometimes with the idea of like, well, I'd be glad, happy to talk to anyone in that business and, you know, go from there, which can work. That's more of a long game, but of course the the maximal maximum way to use your time is to as quickly as you can get in front of that person that is the right person right away. I mean, if you could do that from step one, then awesome. So right. like for me, it's market, you know, we were a marketing and agency agent or marketing and advertising agency. So if I can get in front of someone that's either uh, a decision maker on an executive level or like a CMO mark, you know, those kinds of people, then that's going to be my, my best step. Yep. So so I get that, and I've I've been learning a lot about that too. And I think a lot of people in the B two B world would understand sort of that that tension, that that struggle to to try to figure out not only who is my audience, the t- the the ideal person for me to be in front of, but then how do I get to that person? You know, like how do I, you know, more times out of ten, make that my first person instead of having to like work my way there. So. Um, you touched a little bit on, you started to talk a little bit more into like the sales world. So tell me a little bit in the B2B world, how does marketing and sales, how do you see those sort of fitting together? Tandem. They have to operate in tandem. If you want to scale your business, uh, sales and marketing has to operate in tandem, not marketing's over sales, not sales is over marketing. They have to operate together as a partnership. Um, and that goes back into that uh, MQL and SQL. So MQL stands for marketing qualified leads. That's where working to produce all that content, raking high in Google, mm-hmm. um, getting that lead to come in, submit a form on your website to say that they're interested in what you have to offer, having that lead redirected to a sales rep 
mm-hmm. in their territory or their service, whatever it right. is. And then that sales rep calling up and verifying that lead saying, hey, how can I help you? You know, almost coming from customer service standpoint. Yeah. It's like, how can I serve you best? I saw that you were interested. Um, that is like the perfect handshake to have. <laughs> and marketing can't succeed as well without sales. Um, I often talk to our sales staff and I even talk to our owner saying, who is our customer in this? Who is our target audience? Who wants to buy this? What are they calling this item? What are they calling this service? You know, um, for instance, right now I'm with Life Safety Services and we, we help sell UVC lighting solutions to help disinfect surfaces mm-hmm. um, and keep everybody clean, disease, and virus-free. Sure. Um, especially in offices and commercial buildings. So I asked uh, the owner, it's like, what are we calling this? And and at first it was like, well, maybe maybe we just call it like facility cleaning or, <laughs> or facility disinfection or or deep cleaning. And it was very general terms that that's what the customer uses when they're talking one-on-one, but that might not rank well in Google. Sure. So then you have to go back to your Google keyword research just because you think something sounds right. I've even been wrong. I There's moments where I thought, this is the right keyword. This is what I want to go for. My research proves it. But it's not what people ended up searching for. Yeah. Things can easily change a lot. Yeah. They really can. Um, but it's staying on top of that, staying on top of the change. It's staying on top and knowing the trends as they're coming, as they're going out. If yeah. you're in the industry, if you are a thought leader, if you position yourself that way, you will see those trends more than anyone else will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guarantee for for all the business owners out there, the CEOs or president, the C-suite, um, you guys see those trends. But it's communicating that with your marketing and your sales team. Um, and I think that's where salespeople talk to the customer. I want to know what they're talking about. Because then that helps me create good content that they actually care right, about. Right, right. Yeah. And instead of just data on a spreadsheet that's like, well, I think they might care about this. Mm-hmm. Um so that's, that's probably a big way that they should probably work in tandem instead of kind of beating the other one down. Yeah, no, and I appreciate what you said right at the end there about, you know, your sales staff, whether it's sales or customer service, those are the people that are in the end actually interacting with those clients that you as a marketer were trying to pull in mm-hmm. and they actually know those people, right? Yeah. They've interacted with them they've had a meal with them they've you know whatever it is they've they have that knowledge of what kind of people those are and they have heard them talk about in a more personal way their pain points you know as a company or why they came to your services you know what what pain in their or problems in their company led them to look for you so i appreciate that just because i think there is so much to be learned as a marketer from your sales staff just hearing the those things, those things that are deeply important to the people that you're trying to reach and mm-hmm. getting a much more personal take on it rather than, like you said, just sitting behind a computer, looking up keywords, doing research, which is all very good and should very be done. Um, but if you're able to connect that data and research to actual people, then I think you're probably going to find your greatest success, right? Yes. Um, cause, and, and going back, like you said, you got to go where they're searching. Yeah. So if you're not where they're searching, it doesn't matter how great your keywords are. They're not looking for it. Right. So, right. Um, 
So yeah, so let's jump a little bit into one of my beloved topics uh, because I, I know it's something that you love as well and use in the B2B world, and that is LinkedIn. Um, yes. So <laughs> it's something that we talk about pretty pretty often on the podcast. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about LinkedIn in the B2B world, why you think it's so important, how people should go about it, um, what kind of resources do you think they should dedicate to it, stuff like that. LinkedIn is the best social media network for businesses by far it is the only social media network for businesses that i believe it is a hundred percent okay to shamelessly post about your business Mm -hmm. to post about your business service to post about the new hire you just made to post about the new way you're doing culture to post about the add-on to your building Mm -hmm. to post about moving locations like anything that has to do with your business you can post on LinkedIn, but not only can you post on LinkedIn, you will get active engagement mm-hmm. from other people within your community on LinkedIn because they care about it. They're not going to be on LinkedIn if they don't care about other businesses sure. and other professionals. Right. Right. Um, so creating engaging content and, and guys, here's a tip right now. It's so easy to break LinkedIn and, and to rank at the top of your newsfeed for your community. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, it's not like Facebook yet. It's not like Instagram. (laughs) We're in that sweet spot right now where you can post stuff on your LinkedIn and you can get decent engagement rates. Um, and it's all organic, all organic. You're not paying for anything. Exactly. I mean, you're paying in time, but, but you're not, you're not throwing actual dollars at the platform. Right. Right. You're not, you're not boosting a post and advertising it to a bunch of people, which LinkedIn advertising is great too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but organic LinkedIn is amazing and mm-hmm. not only is it amazing a lot of people when they're vetting out a business it's part of that it's part of seven brand touch points mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys have talked about this before on the no podcast. not specifically mm-hmm. okay so traditionally a company won't buy from you unless they've seen your brand seven times sure and usually that's in seven different ways mm-hmm. right so i can give you a for instance um somebody could type in marketing and advertising in google mm-hmm. they see an ad Google ad. Great. They see a Google my business location, like Google Maps. They see a organic search comes up, top five, that's your business. And then they see an organic search that comes up for a blog. Right there, that's four brand touch points just on Google. Mm-hmm. Then they hit your website. That's a fifth brand touch point, right? Then they go out, they do other things, and they go around, and then they're on LinkedIn. And then they see a message from Ryan and they and they see that you're talking. Well, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, Blackwood Creative. I've heard of that them before. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're talking. Now we're having conversations. It's no longer cold because you're not just some scammy, fake, cold call person. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, they know about you. So then they see your posts on LinkedIn. All of a sudden, you've had seven brand touch points just by having a website that ranks well on Google, Google ads, and a LinkedIn profile. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, and and that is what gathers thought leadership yeah. and drives it towards your business. Mm. So talking about the seven brand touch points, I think LinkedIn really helps out with that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I love that. And I, I completely agree. There's something to, it's, I think it's just the way that people, humans are, where if we if we just happen to see something repetitively in 
in our environment and in, in public, you know, whether it's on Google, whether it's while you're out driving radio, you know, whether it's in conversation, mm-hmm. social media, whatever it is. But if we start to repetitively see something, it starts to just like build up uh, some sort of like, uh, oh, what was the, the word just escaped me, but it starts to build up an image in your head of like, oh, I keep seeing this thing. Mm. I don't know who they are. I don't even know if they're good. I, I have no idea, but I keep seeing them. And right. so I think as people, it just opens up our mind to then when someone approaches me from that thing, I'm like, oh, I see you guys around all the time. Yep. Cool. Now I feel much more familiar with you. I am way more open to the idea of having a conversation with you. Again, I don't really know who you are and I don't, maybe I don't even know yet if you're good at what you do, but I keep seeing your stuff. So mm-hmm. sure, let's have a conversation because at least you're putting out a lot of stuff. Exactly. And so I have, I have experienced that a lot on, on LinkedIn where, and I, you know, of course I'm convinced we put out good stuff, but, <laughs> um, but I'm, you know, where, because I've been so active on the platform that is happening where mm-hmm. I'm giving people opportunity over and over and over and over again to come in contact with myself and my company. So they start to hear Blackwood. They start to hear it over and over and yep. over. And then all of a sudden it's like, what's this Blackwood thing? I keep hearing about it. Like exactly. it seems to be everywhere. And it's like, well, I was just active on LinkedIn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I love that. So um, yeah, LinkedIn is, is a great tool. And one of the things going back way back to what you said is LinkedIn is also a really great tool as a marketer or even a salesperson um, for specifically looking up uh, people, you know, Mm -hmm. so using the search feature, like you were saying, you can even look by geographic area. So job title kind of industry, you know, I've used it to look up people in the Elkhart and South Bend area because I want to, you know, they're close. They're easiest for me to sort of build that relationship with. So there are so many great features. You don't have to go about it in a scammy way. It can mm-hmm. still be very personable and, and very human-like and, and it's awesome. So um, from your perspective in a, in a B2B company, uh, let's say you're more in like an executive position, who would be the people in your company that you want to to be active on LinkedIn, who, who's responsible in the company for, for doing, representing the company on LinkedIn? That's a good question. Um, it's twofold. Uh, I think the sales staff, all of them need to be active on LinkedIn. Um, but it's also on marketing to keep the LinkedIn company page mm-hmm. very active and engaging as well. So here's one LinkedIn strategy. Every single time you post a blog, we we're talking about keywords, right? A keyword rich, content value rich blog post on your website. You take that same link, you post it on LinkedIn on a LinkedIn page. You post on LinkedIn page, then you ask your sales staff to share it out mm-hmm. from that page to share it on their personal platforms. They share it on their personal platforms. All of a sudden, you have seven people sharing out that blog post mm-hmm. that does two things. One, that tells Google this blog is valuable. Because people are sharing it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and Google, Google's in the business of serving up the most valuable results possible. They would die tomorrow as a business if you typed in coffee mug and it popped up water bottle mm-hmm. because it's not relevant, right? So it's all about relevancy. Um, so that tells Google, this is a good blog. People are interested in it. To every single person that's a connection with that sales rep, times 10, how many ever sales reps you have, will see that blog post. Mm-hmm. So even if your sales rep has 50 connections, 
times 10 different sales reps, that's 500 people. That's 500 views on your blog post, right? And even if you have a 10% click-through rate, that's 50 people going to your website. That's 50 potential new leads. Mm -hmm. And that helps the business as a whole. It helps the sales rep because the sales rep's now a thought leader Mm -hmm. in this thing. And it also helps uh, marketing as well because they're able to get that data. They're able to track it. But then it also helps get that lead at the end of the day because probably one of those people are going to submit a form request. Sure. And then that sales rep will get that lead and therefore be able to close that business more likely and get the commission. And then, and then everybody's able to support their livelihood. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. a very simple strategy, which like you said, it only costs time, but it's free. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's, that's good stuff. And, and I hope people take that to heart. I've, uh, we've, we've seen a lot of success on LinkedIn and other platforms. I mean, LinkedIn's not the only thing. Um, there's so many ways that you can go about, like, you know, you've been talking about other ways to go about B2B marketing, but I think LinkedIn needs to be a part of your show. I'm convinced mm-hmm. if you are a B2B company yes. and you're not on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn. You're miss you're missing out. So <laughs> that would be that's my take from Ryan Zerfus. <laughs> that's my takeaway. Because I I'm saying it from my my experience. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I have seen in the last seven yeah. months. So he's right, guys. Yeah. He's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so let's let's touch on let's um sort of to wrap up our conversation. We've talked about Google ads a couple times. So let's talk about the importance of Google ads in the B2B world and how to best go about them. What, what do I do to start taking advantage of, well, not just ads, but just Google in general. Mm-hmm. How do I dominate on Google as a B2B company? Yeah, so, so Google takes the majority of our, our search engine requests. So a lot of people, they use Google's search engine platform. There are other ones, yeah. um, but it is by far the most popular. Right. So capturing that influx of attention, right? Attention is being given. You just want to capture it. So I would say to dominate Google's first page, you can do three things. One, you can do Google advertising for your top keywords. I'm talking mm-hmm. about your, your specific main bread and butter service that you offer to other businesses. Yeah, That's a keyword you want to dominate. Invest $100 a month just to that keyword leading to your website or your landing page. Yeah, sure. Um, And this is like bare bones, so you can pop up. Even if you don't pop up organically in SEO, you at least come up the top. At the top as an ad. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one. Two, uh, it's getting a Google My Business location set up. So that's when you go to Google Maps and you type in a location to go to Chick-fil-A or McDonald's. Mm, Yeah. All those have Google My Business locations. Okay. So it's setting up your company and your address in Google Maps. Sure. But you're able to list all of your services. You're able to list your website. You're able to list tags Mm -hmm. based on what you want to rank for in Google. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, you see somebody's ad, and now you see that little, it's called the Google Local 3-pack. And now you see your business pop up. Where the the map, there's the ads and the map pops up below the ads. Exactly. In a a Google search. Mm -hmm. Yep. So now you pop up there and then beneath that are the organic results. Mm -hmm. So if you can invest in a legitimate website that looks nice with web pages that rank high in Google, Mm -hmm. that would do so much for your business. That would do so much for your business. Yeah. Even if that means scrapping what you have now, um, or even, or even investing in like some sort of freemium version or even Mm -hmm. like taking an agency 
and just asking them, hey, I need you to create me a bare bones website that ranks high in Google, right, for these keywords. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, your brand pops up three times for one Google search result right. for which one is, keyword. Which is excellent. Yes. Because if you if someone looks you up and they quickly scroll through the page and they see, you know, let's say it's Blackwood Creative. See Blackwood Creative, Blackwood Creative, Blackwood Creative. They're like, well, dang, I'm going to click on one of those because they're, I've, they must be doing well yes. because they're coming up so much on the page. It's the most relevant result. And think about it this way. If there are 10 organic results on Google, right, and you can take up three of them, you know, all of a sudden that just increases your chances by near 30% mm -hmm. to be clicked on. Yeah. As opposed to 0% with you not showing up for that keyword at all. Right. So it's a lead generation thing. It's all about increasing the chances to be found. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with all that. That's, that's really good advice. Um, what I think sometimes str people struggle or don't know what it looks like from the front end, what the back end looks like for Google, mm. as far as like how, what are some of the easiest ways to, to figure out what's doing well and not doing well on Google? How, do, like, how do you, what's the refining process? How do I make what I'm doing on Google mm -hmm. better? and tweak yeah. it. So probably a good starting point would be go on Google yourself right now and Google the keywords you want your website to rank for, right. your business to rank for, right? If you are a if you are a commercial contractor where you do cleaning, you want to do commercial contracting cleaning, commercial mm -hmm. cleaning. Type in as many keywords as you think of that's related. Right. Does your business pop up for any of them? Have a baseline, mm -hmm. right? Start with what you want to rank for. Note where your website is currently. Mm -hmm. By the way, if it's not on the first page. <laughs> no, it, who goes to the <laughs> second page on Google? Exactly. No one's going to look for it. So if it's not on the first page, it's non-existent, unfortunately. So therefore, that's where you need to start investing for that keyword. Sure. For that specific that makes keyword. Sense. Yeah. And I think to, to go along with that, something that I've learned a little bit about too is... You really need to think maybe not even so much from what you think are the best keywords or the things that people, you know, that you would want to be looked up. You need to think from your ideal customer's mm. shoes. You know, let's say you were a company that was needing help with your parking lot. Let's say your parking lot was just getting real cruddy. You know, we all know what that's like. It's got potholes, there's cracks all over the place. It's not an enjoyable experience driving through your parking lot. And so you're like, Hey, we need to get this fixed. So we need to go out and look for a contractor. Um, so you need to think from their perspective, when they go to search, what kind of things are they going to look up to find that? And you need to think that person might not have the industry knowledge or the technical jargon in their head that you're so familiar with that that's, that's what you would look up because you're so familiar with the industry. But mm -hmm. maybe from their perspective, all, the, all they know is parking lot concrete, you know? So mm -hmm. like, I think that's, that's really helpful as people think about ranking in Google too is try to remove yourself from your situation a little bit, the bubble that you sort of live in and remember that your customers don't live in that bubble. So you need to think about the kinds of terms and and words that they're going to use to look up your services. Definitely, 100%. And just like you said, it's it's finding those keywords. I mean, if it were me, I, w I would look up how to fix crack in driveway, how to <laughs> fix crack in parking lot, um, how to fix potholes. And if you had a blog post, 
that the title, the long keyword title would be how to fix potholes in driveway. And it gave you some self-serve items being a very value-based driven blog post. Mm -hmm. Um, I would trust that company more because they're trying to help me out to maybe do this myself, maybe a DIY thing. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I'm probably going to use them <laughs> right. to, to do it. You're not going to put your boots on and go fix those holes. Probably in not. <laughs> Especially if you're like the CEO or something. Pro- probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I And so I just think that's such a, I love that advice for, for that you said, like you need to go and, and just do those searches yourself. Just start looking yourself up on those words up on Google and see how it comes. But as you do that, just sort of as a, as a tie-in, just, just remember that your customer doesn't always think like you do. So try to think like your customer and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, do just go to work on Google. Cause I, I totally agree. I mean, we, we all know we're all on Google all the time. So mm-hmm. it's like people know that Google is such an important thing in business. But I think sometimes even though we know it, we don't actually act on it. Mm. And so this is sort of your push. If you're in the B2B world, act on it. LinkedIn, content creation, SEO on your website, Google, do all of it because it will change the name of the game for you um, and will hopefully take you to the places that you want to go and how you want to grow your business. So um, so Zach, it's been awesome having you on the show it's today. Been great. Thanks for driving up all the way here to, uh, enjoy life in beautiful Mishawaka, Indiana. It is actually really nice out today. Not that anyone cares, but, um, <laughs> but we appreciate that you came up to just talk about B2B marketing and, and the importance of it and, and how we go about it. So thanks for bringing your knowledge and, and sharing it with, with our audience. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Oh yeah, no problem. And, and thanks to everyone for listening in today to the big brand theory podcast. Hope you've enjoyed enjoyed this conversation about B2B marketing with Zach. And uh, if you would want to follow up with Zach, as we all know, I think LinkedIn is his jam. 100%. 100%. So uh, yeah, please reach out to him on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find him Zachary Conover, Zach, Zachary with an H and Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R. Um, reach out to him, send him a message. He'd be happy to follow up if you have any questions from the content today. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. If As always, we always encourage you if you want to follow our content and keep up with uh, new podcast release, you can subscribe, follow. We're on Instagram. Um, we have a website. All the good things. So go and find us. Follow us. Um, join us for more conversations coming up. And uh, you all, stay toasty. Hey, hey, guys. We so appreciate you listening in and for your support. And we want to continue to put out excellent content for you. So if you could head to bigbrandtheorypodcast.com and find the survey button to let us know some of your thoughts on the podcast and what you'd like to hear about, that would be a great help to us. Thank you.